Welcome to the show today. I am truly grateful for you tuning in because the conversation with my friend Dana DiStefano was amazing. You can learn from our mistakes, aka lessons, of college sports, enjoying your nutrition, and how to make the most of your time for even the busiest schedules. This episode is everything you need to take advantage of opportunities, and I'm excited for you to learn from it. On to the show. All right, welcome everyone to today's show. I am super happy and excited to have my guest Dana DeStefano on the show today. Dana and I met in a round of coaching mastery with NCI, and uh, I really was just drawn to not only Dana's content, but her style of coaching. She also comes from a really heavy education background, and I really just felt we connected on a lot of things uh, that she shared about her story. So I'm super happy to have her on today. We're going to talk about things like coming from sport, coaching, and pretty much all the all the details you want to hear today. So thank you, Dana, for coming on, and uh, please just add anything to the intro you feel uh, would help. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. So the education side of it, it's funny because it's not like nutrition education that a lot of people might think it is. It's math education. I was a math teacher for five years in a high school teaching all of the things, anything from algebra one to pre-calculus and all of those in between. So the education side is definitely math education. So any math questions you have, just let me know too. (laughs) <laughs> right on, right. On. I didn't realize how, I mean, I always recognize the importance of algebra, but then I'm like, as I do, you know, calculate macros or figure out macros, <laughs> like nah. I know. And I always joke with my clients or anyone I still tutor and they're like, when is math useful? I said, when you're calculating macros and they're like, oh my gosh. Oh my I know. Gosh. <laughs> and then like, now you have to focus on like, how do I do this without math? Because everyone, <laughs> there's so many people that hate it. Exactly. Exactly. Don't reference the Pythagorean theorem anymore. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. So funny. Awesome. Well, um, I was really intrigued. You were talking about um, our conversation before we hit record here was uh, college rowing. And I want to dive into that right right away because I know that people listening are going to be coming from that sport background. And uh, I'd love to hear you more on that story. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually first got into rowing in middle school which a lot of people don't have rowing in middle school because it's just not a thing. But where I came from, rowing's huge up north, up in like the Philadelphia region, Philadelphia Atlantic City region. So I actually started a little bit in middle school and I was not getting playing time on the softball team. And a friend was saying that, hey, you should try the rowing team. I'm like, oh, all right. And I ended up being really good at it. I was really tall and just a little lean and a little awkward and at the time so it just worked for me if anyone does rowing you know the tall lanky people sometimes are really good so it worked out well for me so I did call it uh, I started going through high school getting really good at it did competitions got a scholarship to go down to UCF and got into weightlifting and all the things there too and I actually started doing weightlifting when I was in middle school too which is I think weird for people to hear and I just I would go to the gym and it was my first job and all the things so yeah I got into rowing and you know that's where the whole nutrition thing really kicked off the most I definitely some things before that but that's where the whole nutrition side of everything kicked off with skewed eating thought patterns and everything like that so yeah so I want to dive into that in one second because the first thing I want to say is 
it's like it was funny that you had mentioned where you were because like as you were saying I got into rowing in middle school like the first <laughs> thing that came to my mind was like the Winklevoss twins in the social network have you ever seen that movie no it's about like Mark Zuckerberg and like they're a big rower it's like on the rowing team at Harvard and that's in that like you know northeast so it just reminded me of that I was like okay yeah she definitely has to be from up there <laughs> oh absolutely up north Philadelphia Schuylkill I'm telling you anyone listening to this knows the Schuylkill <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome all right so you're talking a little bit about skewed eating and I think this is a really big takeaway it's funny like you had mentioned something before our call and you're kind of like leading up to it now uh, in I was actually just writing about like several of these things. So I'm very interested to hear your side on uh, how, how your life as an athlete impacted uh, the, like your nutrition decisions and kind of the pathology of that, right? Like what led to it happen and then how you've grown from it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was young, I mean, the doctors always asked my mom, is she eating? Is she eating? My mom's like, she's eating everything. What? <laughs> I can't stop her because I was so thin at the time. I just never put on weight. Come to middle school, you know, you start getting into like awareness of what you look like. And I was, that's when I started going to the gym and working out and doing all that stuff, getting into high school. That was when, you know, a lot of girls I'm sure will connect with this. We first saw her a little bit of cellulite and we went, oh my gosh, how is this a possible? I thought this didn't happen until we were like 45, you know? And yeah. it, it just kind of got into a whole mindset shift. So I was very, I actually, I actually counted calories in high school, which was just, I hadn't, I don't know, this is before my fitness pal or chronometer. Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah. I think you use that. I had like a little calorie book and said calorie king really big on it. And I would flip through and be like, okay, an apple is... X amount of calories and I would write it down oh, in my little man. journal and it was great I, I got a little cuckoo come to college I'm sure we've all heard of the freshman 15 <laughs> I gained the freshman 50 no way yes I gained 50 pounds my freshman year I was very thin to start but still right. 50 pounds in a year is a lot to gain coming from just going into a sport and working out eight times a week. So I was like, what the heck is going on? What is wrong with me? And I just then had this huge mental shift and comments were happening when I got back to um, New Jersey for the summer and people were saying, Hey, you look like you gained some weight. And I'm like, it's not something you should ever say to someone, but right. I mean, maybe it's true, but you should, whatever. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it was pretty interesting. And I was working out, I was rowing six days a week we would have strength training with the team, um, weights, like actual weight sessions twice. And then a, I don't know what you want to call it, like high intensity day, like a running day, something outside, something like that. And that changed on Fridays. And then I was working out still myself on Saturdays and Sundays. So I was working out a crazy amount because I knew I was gaining weight and I, and that's just where the whole spiraling happened back in college. And that's how I kind of, you know, started on my up and down of dieting, not dieting, dieting, not dieting journey. It's, it, I feel like that's such a big thing that's missed for the college athlete too, is like for most people in general, it's going to be nutrition education yeah. that is just missed in general. Uh, but even as the college athlete is like, 
not not to stress so so hard on periodization because there's just like more fundamentals that are that are really more important than that but for a college athlete truly because there's going to be seasons where recovery has to be the focus like you truly have that the preseason postseason all that stuff so um, take us like i would love to hear a little bit more on on that because so you're working out seven days a week but doubles on some days usually doubles yeah (laughs) what's happening so like what's happening nutrition wise you are counting calories in high school and then like surplus deficit like how did that all fit in there so I think my body was just a little bit in shock from the transition of I was just I was a kid in high school I didn't know what I was lifting I was just doing random things getting to college lifting heavy my body was starving starving so I was getting crazy cravings Obviously the college scene drinking and stuff didn't help putting on the weight, but, um, you know, I would, I would think I'm doing the right thing we had in at the time being part of our scholarship was the, um, dining hall. So I had fairly unlimited access to the dining hall. So I would say, okay, well, I'm going to have cottage cheese for breakfast and I'm going to put pineapples in it and I'm going to put uh, granola in it. And it's going to be so healthy. And in my head, I thought I was being healthy, but realistically, if you look at that, I'm having like a hundred grams of carbs at breakfast. Cause I was so hungry after practice. And before practice, I was having, you know, a rice cake with peanut butter and a banana on the side. And then after later, and I just didn't know how to fuel. So I'm making these decisions where I'm like, rice cakes are healthy. Bananas are healthy. Cottage cheese is healthy. Granola is not that bad. You know, like in in my head, I'm making the right decisions, but we never had in college. I mean, I don't know what they're doing now, but at the time where I was with my people around me, we never had any type of guidance when it came to nutrition. It was a, here's a meal plan. Rowers like to bulk up, bulk up so you can weigh a little bit more and move the boat faster. And that was just it. Now they didn't say specifically bulk up, but that was generally when you see rowers, they're very strong, very, very strong girls. And I just, you know, I was like, okay, I gotta, gotta fuel my body. And I didn't know how to fuel my body. So I said, eat all the things. Let me take chocolate milk home and just have that in the middle of the night and cookies and all the things. Cause I'm fueling. So yeah, it was, it kind of, it was a weird thing. And I think that it's super interesting. Cause I know some of the other sports, some of the bigger sports, they had people who could give them a little bit of guidance. And by the end of my rowing time when I was there they actually did um I'm sure you know it something called a bod pod okay yeah so they did a bod pod and would tell us our body fat percentage and that also didn't help because then they were like oh you're overweight and I'm like oh okay well I didn't realize I was overweight because I spent my whole life getting told I was so skinny so skinny so skinny and then they were like boom overweight and I'm like I don't feel like I am though so it was pretty crazy that so a couple of things, I mean, first I relate to the, like that whole like fuel dynamic you were talking about when I was, I did not, I, I gained a pretty significant amount of weight as well. My freshman year playing football where I was like literally over the winter break, putting on like 20 pounds. Right. And like, yeah, yeah a lot of it was muscle, but 20 pounds of muscle in eight weeks, like come on. <laughs> exactly. that ain't happening. So, um, but you, you like, you go through this phase of like rationalizing or justifying that it's like mm-hmm. it's fuel. And so now you get to this point, you hear them tell you you're overweight, but you've been feeling. So now you're kind of battling this, like, 
okay, well, this has been like my mindset this whole time. So what happens next? Right. Like you, now you have this conflict. Yeah, it was a, well, in my head at the time it was, well, I guess this is who I am now. I guess that guy, when I went home who said I gained weight was right and that's it. And there's nowhere to go from here. And I just felt so like defeated. Like, how could you tell a, I don't know how old I was 19. What are you, your freshman year? The end of yeah. first, I think 19, 20. Um, how can you tell someone, Hey, by the way, you're overweight, even though you don't look overweight, your body fat's overweight. So really from there, it just kind of started, okay, I guess I'll track in my fitness pal. I don't know what I'm tracking, but let me just track and let me hear what my fitness pal has to say. So I, I, when you sign in and you, you know, get all your stats, it says, okay, if you eat 1600 calories today in four weeks, you'll lose 20 pounds or whatever it says. Yeah. I looked at that and I was like, okay, cool. Let me try it. And then I would forget to track. And then I just kind of gave up after a while, but ultimately that's how it started with my fitness pal. And I was like, Oh, let me make it a little competition because being a college athlete, you're competitive and you're like, okay, well, if I can get, lose 20 pounds in four weeks, maybe next week I'll say, I'll make it say I can lose 25 pounds in four weeks. And it just kind mm -hmm. of got into this competitive nature where I'm like, I'm hungry. I want to fuel. Don't know how, let me just not eat. So I at least can check the, I'm not overweight anymore box. Right. So what ended, up, what ended up happening? When does the, because I know like nutrition education, it comes to the scene, right? Mm -hmm. Is this like after, after your college career? Or how did, how does that, I mean, how did your performance go? Like, <laughs> I actually performed really well. Um, I don't know how I, looking back now, I have no, idea. it might've been all the extra carbs, but I have no clue how I performed well in general. I was performing well right before, um, Christmas break my sophomore year. So I only rode for about a year and a half right before Christmas break. I actually PR and was at the time they have more PRs now, but at the time I was one of the highest or top scores for a, I think it was 2k or maybe a 5k. I, it was something. Sounds and, gross. Either way. <laughs> it wasn't Sounds fun. But <laughs> so then when we came back, our coaches said, okay, you got a PR. And I'm like, I, I just went away for Christmas break for what is it? Three weeks in college. I just went away for three weeks. How am I supposed to PR again? Cause at home I didn't fuel all those carbs. I was eating things like vegetables. So now I'm in a negative mindset of I ate all the things I was supposed to eat at home. I'm eating healthy. I'm working out three times a day still. I don't understand. So performance suffered when I got back and that's when I ended up quitting. There's some other things going on too, but um, yeah, nutrition. So the rest of the college career was kind of just an up and down afterwards. After I quit rowing, I obviously lost my scholarship because I'm not doing the sport I'm supposed to be doing. So I ended up serving in the back of my head. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm eating everything and I'm losing weight. Little did I know looking back now, getting my knee up like crazy. I'm walking right. like 20,000 steps a day, but every time I do that and I stop caring about eating, and I'm putting the stop caring in quotes for anyone listening. Um, <laughs> I stopped caring or paying attention to it. Now I lose a bunch of weight, but it's not that I'm not caring. I'm actually just eating appropriately to my activity level for what I'm doing. All right. Just like lower stress too, without all that. Yeah. And like the stress is more about like taking care of yourself in terms of 
Yeah. Exactly. So I went up and down on the nutrition roller coaster for a couple of years after that, gaining weight, losing it, gaining weight, losing weight, depending on what I was doing and what my neat looked like. And it was really my first year of teaching. I had put on all of that weight again um, that I had lost and gained and lost and gained. And I was at my highest weight again. And at the time, coming home from teaching every day, teachers are exhausted every single day, especially dealing with high schoolers. I mean, Think about going on an airplane and all the kids yelling. Now imagine 25 of that and just you in the room. It's just like, ah, all was, the time. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. It's hard to believe like, it's just a, like a side personal story for me because I was a, a substitute teacher, which is like mm-hmm. very, very challenging. So like, you know, I definitely felt confident in like what, if I had to teach something actually, but it's like how much of your day actually comes down to the X's and O's of like getting someone to learn something. It's like, there is so much more to it. So again, that's another reason why I was just found like, I was really enjoyed your content too, from that perspective, because um, you're really determined to help people understand how, how not to do that. Right. As best as you can. Exactly. Cause then when I got my freshman, my, my freshman year, my first year of teaching, I was on the stress train every day on and off and on and off. And I would come home and pick fights with my boyfriend because I was exhausted. And that was a me thing. I was trying to eat healthy, AKA me not eating then binging at night and not understanding why I wasn't losing weight. I was doing all the things I was, I was meal prepping, but I didn't know what I was meal prepping. I was just prepping meals. Um, so I was doing all the things. And at a point he actually found Jason, I think on mind pump, I can't remember where he saw Jason and he heard about I am three and he signed up and he got a coach and he was like, you know, you should just try get your macros. Cause at that point I could throw things into a tracker and hit numbers. I was a numbers person, no problem. So I was like, ah, I guess I'll just sign up for a month, get numbers and just do it on my own after. And I just fell in love with it. I'm a numbers person. Give me numbers. I can hit them. No problem. But I also learned later in life <laughs> when I started coaching not everyone's like me and just likes to hit numbers all the time. <laughs> yeah. weird. Not everyone likes math. <laughs> I know it's so funny. We're like putting ourselves in this, this uh, virtual room here. Cause it's like, that's how I feel. And you know, I have to get in that mindset too, that it's not, it's not like, like I, I will just like play around with numbers for fun. Like I'll literally make days ahead of time just cause I enjoy it. But um, how one thing I do have a question on, for you with that is it's something that so you like numbers a lot but is it something that you do try to calibrate for yourself in terms of like a mindful eating practice or intuitive eating or do you go through stages I definitely go through stages so a lot I was tracking probably on point like there was no deviation really um for probably two years and I was like okay I'm making myself a little bit crazy here and I'm going the opposite route of unhealthy macros. I think there's, I think um, someone, I saw a post about this like today or yesterday, there's healthy macros and there's unhealthy macros for mindset. Um, And that healthy mindset is you can, you know, you're not so tied down that you are just, you're restricted in that sense versus unhealthy macros. And, you know, like finding that balance of tracking and not tracking and when it's appropriate and when it's okay to have like, snack that's not on the plan or like not just eat cake every day and then shoves protein powder into your mouth and say well I hit all my numbers you know I think there's a fine line between that so it took me a long time to also understand that I had to go through the process of saying 
okay, don't just eat to your macros and eat all the sugar in the world. And then I had to say, okay, don't just only eat vegetables, happy balance. So right now I'm in, like, I, I'm not tracking today just because I didn't meal prep. So instead, you know, I'm finding that happy balance of having enough protein, having enough healthy fat, having enough fiber with each meal versus next week I might track and just say, okay, let me just hit some numbers just to make sure kind of checking checks and balances, checking myself on the back end and saying, you know, am I doing what I need to do to make sure I'm feeling healthy? And I do that a lot with my clients too, saying, you don't have to track every day if you don't want, but here's how to not track properly. And here's how to not track properly. So I think that's a a really good point, especially, I mean, first off for everyone to know too, that like, you have like anyone who's listening to this right now is listening to two people that you might just be like, oh, fuck both of you guys. You guys, you guys <laughs> like, you guys, <laughs> you're like, you guys like numbers. This is easy for you. You guys are both college athletes, that sort of thing. But what, what ends up happening, I think is, uh, or what we learn is actually, we have to learn the other side of it because I think we would tend towards the unhealthy macros, which I do as well. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also really important for people to understand that like, we have ideas of peak shape and that definitely looks different than when we were college athletes. And that it's not always, it's not always a hundred percent on, like you just said, you weren't tracking that. Like I'm prepping for a photo shoot. I am tracking right now, so, <laughs> but you can guarantee that once that's done, um, once I've reversed out of that, I will spend some time away from tracking and uh, really focusing on the mindful side. And like you said, you know, your lean proteins, healthy fats, hydration, all that good stuff. Exactly. And, and have a damn dessert for date night. Have some wasabi peas like I'm having. <laughs> yeah. so I was choking on her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that explains it. That <laughs> um, but yeah, no. And that's, that's really something I like to teach my clients. It's not all about the numbers. It's not all about the things I used to think it was all about. It's not, it's about how can I, eat tacos in a day? How can I eat all of the guacamole possible? Because I love guacamole and that's just a weird personal preference. And I was just talking to a friend about that yesterday and she goes, well, I buy really like high fat steaks. And I'm like, that's okay. If that's what you want, that's okay. I choose guacamole over everything at all times. So that's just a weird thing that I like to do. Um, all times. Um, but yeah, no. And that's what I said. It's just about finding what you like and making it work for you because what I like, isn't going to be what you like and that's okay. And that's just how numbers and nutrition and everything works. So some people they'll never touch a number in their life. Some people only look at numbers and only do macros because their brain can handle it. And I think it's finding a happy balance of both extremes at all times, because no one should live in extremes. Everyone should live fairly in the middle within reason of course if you're prepping for a show photo shoot <laughs> live in the extreme a little bit <laughs> but i mean even to that point like I, I was even thinking about it before i'm always like you know if i say something that's like more extreme opinion or to one side i'm always like oh shit i shouldn't have said that but i it, it's not that i feel that way because yeah. even though i'm prepping for a photo shoot like I'm still eating, like I've had ice cream, like I'll have donuts mm-hmm. this weekend, but like there's more behind that, right? It's not just, mm-hmm. it's not just those things. And that's important for people to know too. Like when it gets down to like the last two to four weeks, I'll probably be the, as far to the extreme, but still not like mm-hmm. crazy extreme, but I'll yeah. be as far as I would comfortably go. And that's going to be two to four weeks, you know? Absolutely. Maybe. So I think that that's <laughs> like... If for anyone listening to this that's focusing on like a general fat loss 
that type of restriction is just, it's just not necessary. And I think you brought up a really great point, Dana. It's just that like, start with what you do love. And especially if it's like a whole food, right? If you like fatty steaks, like at least it's a whole food, you can get really good fatty steaks. That's great. Exactly. 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 My thought along that, because I think if you, I made a post about this, if chocolate cake were healthy, everyone would eat it and everyone would be happy and there would be no health issues ever. That's just it. But if we have to eat broccoli, broccoli might not taste as good to everyone. I know I had a client a while ago and in her intake form, I said, is there anything else I need to know? She said, I will never eat broccoli. And I'm like, that's okay. That is okay. That was probably one of my favorite responses. I'll never eat it. And I'm like, that's fine. You don't have to. Can you eat something else? Can you eat anything but Oreos? Yes. Great. We have somewhere to go and I'm happy. That's it. So, and I think it's a lot of, let's say someone doesn't even want to change their diet. And I think you would totally agree with this. There's so many other way, ways to start. I mean, let's say someone's really struggling changing small things. Start with sleep, start with hydration. Like you said, start with just movement. I literally today made a PDF document printout and I wanted a client to get more movement in. She's like, well, I have 20 minutes when my kids are taking a bath. And I said, great, you have a chair. We're going to do some, you know, chair push-ups, and, you know, we're going to make it work. That's okay. Yeah. So it's not about going to the gym every single day for three hours a day and getting all the lifts in. Um, it's finding that happy medium for yourself. That's going to work for you. And I think that's huge with my main clientele teachers, because stress is crazy. The last thing you're going to want to do going home from school after teaching screaming children for hours on end and hearing all of about the principal and superintendent and this person's doing this and you have to be at this meeting and you have to do blah, blah, blah. And now you've worked three hours or four hours outside of your window. You don't want to go to the gym. It's okay. There's ways around everything. I think that's really important. I, I, I love that example. And I love having you on to talk about the teacher example, because it is, it's so like, it's just one of those jobs that gets the, the, like, how do I want to say it? Like it gets depicted as, Oh, like seven thirty to three, <laughs> you know, Monday through Friday with some summers <laughs> off, right? Like it gets depicted that way. And yeah. so it's, it's really so much more than that, but also that like a true value and need of teachers to have is to take advantage of time and really, really be, uh, you know, time conscious because those, the, that time off, like it's so easy to get distracted by those other pulls. Like, right. There's like, always politics going on in schools and then you're always having you know you have students during your off hours or whatever it is or work to do right like it's not always just off but um, how how would you say because I think this is something valuable not only for teachers but for everyone to take away is what's what's the shift that you like you try to create with your teachers or your or any clients really to have them use that time for themselves right how do we how do we put self-care first I tell them you, as a teacher, when you're, think about it in the realm of teaching, you are asked to constantly to find time where there is no time, whether it's you're in a classroom, you have, and all my teachers will know all my abbreviations, six 504s, four IEPs, you have the aide coming in to help, then you have the principal and three other people coming in to observe you, and you're just trying to teach the lesson and get, you know, your 
student who's giving you the headache that day just to sit in his seat and just stop screaming. And now you're also doing all of that and trying to focus on your health. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you need to find time just like you have to find time there where there is no time. So something easy, like I, this will be a suggestion for everyone to get sunlight. Sunlight helps, you know, boost good hormones, get your digestion going, help with circadian rhythm. You have to find time where there is no time. We're stuck inside. Most of us eat during lunch or I'm sorry, uh, work during lunch on the computer, type, type, type in a way. So you don't have to stay as long after school take that 20 minutes, go eat outside. And that helps so many other things that could help your sleep, which will help you focus more, which will help you get all that work done faster. So it's finding, that's the biggest thing, finding time where there is no time where you don't feel like there is, there is. You just need to look at it from a third party perspective. Like you're looking above everything and saying, okay, what can realistically, can I take out that's not important? You can have five minutes during the day to look at the screen. I mean, I never got five minutes to go to the bathroom, but I can at least go outside and, you know, eat outside because I'm eating anyway somewhere. If I need to bring my laptop, I need to bring my laptop, but I can at least go outside and do those things I'm going to do inside anyway. Perfect. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, low hanging fruit for anyone to just go after right away. And one thing too, that I will oftentimes like, I'm a really big, like, language snaps that was the english major i was uh, you know i was focused on teaching english yeah um i love math too but somehow that's weird but (laughs) what i'll hear people say is dude there's nothing wrong with saying finding time there's absolutely not but when i hear my clients say one thing i'll say is it depends on how important it is but i'll say this isn't a find time this is a make time right Mm -hmm. because when you shift it in that way because sometimes it's like I'm hoping to try to accomplish this, or I'm hoping to try to make time. It's like all those like barriers that you put between actually doing, right? So taking action, sometimes it's about making time. And, you know, as a teacher, that's definitely, maybe it is finding time more just because you have to be so flexible, but still it's, it's action-based, which I really like. Totally agree. 100% agree. I mean, you know, I was, I was no English major. <laughs> I still Google everything when I have to spell things. I'm like, oh gosh, I spelled so many things wrong. I get messages all the time. I'm like, oh, all right, all right, I'm trying here. But, I'm trying. <laughs> no, I completely agree. It is making time. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's you who has to make the decisions. It's not the principal coming in and doing 16 other things in your classroom while you're trying to teach and give a lesson and also calm down all the people going on and all the things going on in your room. It's your decision to take that time and say, okay, I'm going to take this time for me. It's, it's choices. At the end of the day, it's always choices and it's their choices to make. So completely agree with that. Yeah. I think that's a, a really good one. Cause I work with a lot of parents too. There's gonna be a lot of parents listening to that. I mean, that it goes the same thing, right? It's, yep. it's so easy to put your basically like they, they never want to say like to blame their kids, but they will. Right. It's, it's our nature, but you can't like at the end of the day, it is your choice. Now that said, if you want a six pack and you want to have kids and you want to be a teacher. Okay. Now we're talking about some real sacrifices. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And we're going to find out why. (laughs) So, uh, no, that's, that's great. I think that's important for every busy person to know. I mean, that goes for us too. We have to do that, make our choices and make time as well in our day. 
one thing that, uh, you know, I really, I noticed a lot in your content. We talked about it a little bit before, but I want to hear you talk on more is, is training and maybe as it pertains to teaching, but I just know that you're working a lot within that gym here in Florida. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Florida. I'm so, in Orlando. Right on. Yeah. So, um, if you ever want to come see me, Disney's not far away. Let me know. <laughs> um, <laughs> post pandemic, of course. So yeah, no. So training, obviously I, we, I kind of touched on this before I started training at a really young age. I started lifting weights and like heavy back squat and doing all the things when I was in middle school and it kind of just progressed from there. So I've always kind of done it. I wouldn't say, well, I wouldn't say great form, but I've done it. I've been in the gym. I've done the things. So post-college, well, in college, I actually had a load of issues and that's actually where I met my boyfriend. <laughs> so in the athletic training room, but I had a slip disc. I had, um, I had, something else going on. I had sciatica. I had a bunch of stuff in my arm. So it was a whole thing. But recently, the more I've been in the gym, the more knots I've been getting in my neck from the barbell being on it, hitting a knot, me never releasing it and just getting migraines and it just hurting. And then my knees hurt and then this and that, whatever. So I actually contacted someone I met at UCF in the athletic training program, and he just opened up a gym and I was like, Hey, do you guys do any PT without any insurance? Cause I don't want to go through it, whatever. And he said, yeah, yeah, come on in come to a class. And I just fell in love with their gym and their training and their mindset of everything and how they do things. They're very, a, if you're using your left lat, you're using your right hip and vice versa, because you need to connect everything in your body. You should not, you shouldn't, but it's better if you're just trying to be healthy and live, obviously, if you're being a bodybuilder, you need to just isolate muscles, but if you're not, and you're just trying to go for health, then you really need to connect your full body, open up the tissue flow. And they can talk more about this. I don't know as much about that. And I'm sure you could too, but you know, get oxygen to your muscles recovery and take those, the time to do all those extra things that like the sauna, the red light therapy, the compression, the air compression therapy, getting massages, getting acupuncture to recover. So you can train better, be healthy long-term. So I just fell in love with this gym. I was always a lifter. So I, I, I said, listen, I love it. You guys do hit classes. I do love it, but I just, I miss my back squats. I miss my heavy lifting. I'm just a heavy lifting type of gal. And they were like, all right, you know, make a plan. And I, I'm like, what do you mean? And they handed me a textbook and said, okay, read it. This is what I read in college for how to program stuff. And I said, okay. So programmed a bunch of stuff and with their thought process behind it. And now I'm actually teaching classes out of the gym four days a week with their mindset for heavy lifting. So it's like a combo of the both, but it's, it's been so great. And I've, I know a lot of athletes, a lot of professional athletes have come in and tried it or high school athletes or college athletes. They came in and tried it and they're like, this is great. And this is the happy medium between going from heavy back squats every day to like only hit training and never lifting that heavy because you're doing reps for like a minute straight, not a minute, but you know, a long time. Sometimes. Yeah not six reps. Um, <laughs> so they were like, this is perfect. I love this. So I've been really enjoying it and getting to know a lot of people and learning a ton about training because that's not, I started in math and here I am training and nutrition. So it's been a lot of fun. So that, that gym is called new dimensions wellness. Right on. Uh, yeah. That's it's super cool. I know we were talking about it before the call. So I think that it's, 
it, it's something super valuable for people to learn. And, you know, my, my take on it specifically is like, I, I still do love lifting heavy. It's kind of that what you do with it afterwards. So like, I think there's value for everyone in lifting heavy relatively. And there's definitely cycles where maybe you don't, but then it's the rest of that session, right? Cause yeah. many times you're not going to just load it up for five squats or five back, <laughs> sets of back squat and be done. Sometimes, I mean, depends on your goals. Right. But uh, I, I think it's super valuable for people to, to learn that movement. And I know that there's a lot of CrossFitters listening to this too. And that's like yeah. that print. I think it's a principle. Basically you can take it away from bodybuilding strength building principles, which would be like the compound movement, which is really truly like you using the most muscles you possibly can to lift mm-hmm. the most weight. And here I like how that switch goes to doesn't necessarily have to be like a specific compound movement, but that you're really like engaged, not only like mentally, but physically engaged throughout your body for all those movements. And that's, that's what it reminds me of. Oh, absolutely. I actually had a new person come in today. He was a basketball player. He's, he said, I have never felt so uncoordinated in my life. We didn't do anything that crazy today. I mean, the workout wasn't that intense, but well, that wild of movements. Um, but he said, I have never felt so uncoordinated as I do today. And I'm like, you know, step in the right direction because we train barefoot. We train yeah. barefoot. to grip your feet into the ground. <laughs> that's, that's for me. That's a vibe. Literally I, yesterday was training and I was like posting on my videos barefoot. Cause I, I like to train in my backyard. I don't have to wear my mask out there. I get to train barefoot and, and I don't know. I, I like that too. The gripping the ground mm-hmm. because it's a cue I use for everything. Right. And, um, even, even bench press, people just ignore the, the lower half of their body a lot of times. And I'm always, I'm always that guy who's like, <laughs> no, your feet, your feet are important. <laughs> I get yelled at all the time from the owners. I'm like, I'm trying. I'm not that coordinated. I'm trying. I can't use both hands to do like pull and push and swing and use the mace at the same time. It's a lot. And I'm trying. They're like, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, what a rower. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> what a rower. <laughs> Uh, no I I think that's super valuable for people to try out too and um, like I said I I was saying before the call that too that this is like this is something that I feel like you can correct me if I'm wrong would be great to to mix into like something that's maybe less intense in terms of heart rate comparative to like hit or orange theory or crossfit classes but you're also you are learning how to move your body, how to use it. You're getting more coordinated, which I think is more of a mental stimulus too. Absolutely. And I would totally agree with that. Um, some people don't like to fully make the jump in and I don't blame them. I had a really hard time making the jump into it and like going all in. But at the end of the day, like, you know, if you're doing back squats for the rest of your life and that's all you ever do and you never learn, like you said, how to actually use your full body, things are going to hurt. And this is a really good way to incorporate just a little bit extra here and there. You might back squat on Monday, but learn to connect and flow a little bit on Tuesday and that's okay. And that's learning those little muscles that you're not using on back squats, using your hips a little bit more and being able to sway and, you know, not feel like the stiffest board in the world at all times because you're so stiff from the back squats. (laughs) it, you guys can't see it, but Dana was just dancing on the screen. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. I'm not on video. Well, I am because we're on Zoom, but I'm yeah. like swaying in the video. So yeah, sorry. No, no, it's just funny. Um, I okay. So 
tools wise equipment wise i feel like there's probably like there was like a whole learning curve to that i mean was it new equipment for you i hear i see a lot of kettlebells in your content kettlebells, <laughs> kettlebells but i also heard maces like ropes yeah. or what else is in there so they use ropes, they use clubs. It's, it was the strangest thing. Um, I was making a joke today when I was training, <laughs> it looked like Fred Flintstones, like big hammer thing. And they were, we were swinging it back and forth. Um, yeah, it, I think it's on it. O-N-N-I-T or O-N-I-T. Yeah. That's a brand that they use a lot for a lot of their equipment. Oh my gosh. It was such a learning curve. Cause I don't have grip strength at all. It just was never a thing. So it's one of my hardest things when I go to the gym, when I'm trying to do like dumbbell rows, I can't grip the dang dumbbells. I'm like, Oh gosh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that was a learning curve trying to figure out how to like hold something for that long. And I don't know why I just never had, I think it was rowing like that holding the oar messed up my fingers or something. I don't know, but yeah, it, the, the maces and clubs and all of that stuff was a huge learning curve. And I think this was probably the first time in the longest time I've used kettlebells. I just never looked at them. I was barbell, dumbbell. That was it. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I'm gaining such an appreciation for both. Cause I really, I have like limited dumbbells uh, when I, I don't, but I do. So like, if I want to like get to workout like now, which is usually then I don't have that many dumbbells. So <clears throat> learning how to use kettlebells has been fun or to get like really diverse with the barbell. But I think the, the point of it is that like you can really accomplish a lot with any of those tools. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I mean, I think just the big takeaway there too, is just like, you got to find what you can do every single day. Mm -hmm. Right. So, or, you know, um, and it's a cool Instagram post to swing stuff around. It's so cool. It's so much cooler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, what what does that look like in terms of structure? I'm just curious because like, you know, Orange Theory, is it like 60 minutes? You, are there different time intervals or how so does that they, work? They really try and stick with like a 45-minute class. So usually it's 15, 10 to 15-minute warm-up. You explain for about five minutes what you're doing that day, and then you go do it for about 30. So you actually get a really good workout, and I was surprised because I'm like, I feel like feel like there's a long workout but it's not and you go 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 you're on a timer and we try and get people in and out within 45 minutes so they can go to work go wherever um so and what about that's what that it looks like and is it different with your program at all where you have a little bit of that heavy style no 45 minutes no, still? 45 minutes in and out i they told me listen if you're gonna make a program 45 minutes that's it that's all you got i said okay i'll make it work so the rest is a little lighter than i would probably normally need but i'm making it work i'm making it work so it's okay um but yeah and they have at that particular place like i was kind of talking about before with healing they have the red light they have juve well, red light juve um they have the red light sauna they have the infra they have hyperbaric chamber which is the air compression oh my gosh they have so many things like oh tongue-tied um acupuncture and PT. So most of those things are anywhere from like 15 to 60 minutes total as well. So you're never there for more than 60 minutes unless you're just doing all of them on the same day. I like literally had to get uh, a, like a, a global, like a big gym or a globo gym membership back when I was crossfitting in Milwaukee. Cause I was like, I just had too much fun going into the sauna. Like there was no red light therapy. I was just like, man, this feels good. Or like dip in the pool or hot tub or whatever. So 
Um, fortunately, I was actually out working by the pool today, so I'm like, I'm very lucky to be in Arizona now. <laughs> so, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, that's awesome. I, I'm super excited. I, I, I feel like I want to check out that program that you got. So, I mean, I think people too should, yeah, like four, <laughs> four days a week, you said, right? 45 four minutes? Four days a week. Yep. Uh, it just speaks to how much you can accomplish with 45 minutes, four days a week. It's three hours, right? Three hours of your week. And if you spend a lot of that, the rest of that time, I think, I think a really, really important thing, because we were talking about really stressed out people, right? Including teachers, right? This is it. Sorry, guys, you, you represent a big, a big population <laughs> of stressed out people. But I think what is super huge to take away there is the, the daily maintenance, Right, because one of the things that I notice with teachers too is all of a sudden it'll be good for a, for a week, two weeks, and then all of a sudden it's like the worst week ever, and it's a whole week, and and I get it. It's hard to like get you know bust out of that slump. Yeah. So really making the most out of that time with that daily maintenance. Totally agree, and that's kind of what I was also talking about before about the mom who with the kids, and she's a teacher, and I said, okay, twenty minute bathroom workout it is, and that's if that's what we got, that's what we're working with. And I haven't convinced her to get the app yet for the, my program, but we're working on it. We're almost there. We're almost there. She'll be swinging gloves while the kids are taking baths. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be the next TikTok sensation. You You get all the credit. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much, Dana. Before uh, I want to respect you, Tom, before you cut out here, I think people always take something away from hearing what you do personally, especially like I see you post, (laughs) I don't know if he's boyfriend, husband, I, but it's Barry. I, I always Barry. see Barry. Barry. It's Barry. So, <laughs> um, I would love to hear what what works really great for you guys. It was cool to hear that he was into the nutrition scene too with you, but uh, like a date night or something that you guys can truly enjoy and be present and you're not worried or you're not stressed. You're staying on your goals that you need to. Okay. You know, I love guacamole. So tacos, there's, you know, I love tacos. So my probably our probably one of our probably favorite date nights is going to a place over in Orlando. If anyone lives around here, let me know. Uh, Rocco's tacos. It's so good. And they have endless tacos. Now I'm not condoning endless tacos necessarily. It's a date night. It's a little bit off. And that's what I'm saying. We need a break sometimes, but love endless tacos because you know you can get a ton of protein in there you have the veggies on top you know maybe you just won't eat all the tortillas or whatever but they have the margaritas love a good margarita so that's probably one of our favorite date nights where we're not going off the wall or anything like that because we're having some tacos having a couple drinks we can manage it get skinny margaritas whatever that might look like so that's probably one of our favorite where it's not crazy (laughs) yeah (laughs) But, you know, right, like, I like the examples you, you provide there, too, is like, it's, it's so much, you have to try it, but it's so much easier to do, like, a, an easier date night where you can still enjoy everything you're eating in terms of quality, maybe you're not tracking, which is good and sometimes needed, but it's out there, right, you can still enjoy date night. I can include margaritas. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And the good thing, and this is something I tell people too. If you went and sat in your dining room and you were given a really good meal, yeah, that would be fun. But you also like to enjoy the atmosphere too. That's part of the date night experience, not necessarily just the food. So if you're going to go out to a date night, go to a fun place where there's a lot of, I mean, granted not right now, 
but (laughs) keep that in mind. I'm I'm keeping (laughs) COVID kind of in the back of my head with this. So if you're going out on a date night, go somewhere fun where there's a lot of people and a lot of things going on to look at. So you're not solely focused on, okay, I'm about to have a six course meal. I'm going to have all the drinks because this is my meal off. It's about everything involved, not just the food all the time. So kind of taking that, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is the, the focus off the food. Yeah. Yeah. Experience. And I think that's really important. Something people don't really think about as much as they could. So my clients listening to this right now are be like, I swear Joe paid her to say that. Cause that's it's like, it's hard <laughs> as it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, no. So, but yeah, I love that. And I think that's, that's just so important for people to, you know, implement in their life is they experience the presence in, in the environment and it unfortunately gets conditioned into us, right? That it has to be about the food. So um, just understand, like, you know, if you're listening to this and, and, and thinking that, hey, it's the food is the issue. Well, you can definitely, you can definitely make those small changes to make it that you can be present and enjoy that experience. So totally agree. Dana, that was Rocco's awesome. Rocco's tacos. Everyone's going to go out again. Right now it's really packed. Florida COVID's like not real in Florida. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, bet, like, I feel like that happens all over so be mindful people enjoy your tacos um dana thank you so much for coming on and uh please share where anyone can find you after this yeah so um you guys can contact me and get in touch with me on instagram my handle is dana underscore nutrition um i don't know what my facebook name is but all my instagram stuff is on facebook uh, I have a TikTok. I post things randomly, but Instagram is probably the best place. And I have a website. It is dfitnutrition.net. So contact me. Let me know how I can help or if you have any suggestions. There you go. Right on. You heard it from Dana. Dana, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> You heard the lady, go get those tacos. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you learned something, take a screenshot and tag us. Show me you're listening. I'd love to shout you out. Thanks again. Until next time.